Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. The world is full of unseen forces. Let me be your guide as we lift the veil and peer into the face of the unknown. This is the major as well, your one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Hey Majors, so this week I thought we could dive into plant folklore again, as we've not done that for a while, and the plant that I've chosen is wormwood, also known as common wormwood or Artemisia absinthium. Before we start, let me just give some warnings. Wormwood is poisonous in large quantities and can become addictive. Short-term use is fine, but it's recommended that you use it for two weeks and then take a break from it, about a week or so. Now, wormwood can also cause abortions, therefore it isn't wise for pregnant women to work with it. It's also toxic when burnt, so open windows when you do burn it or burn it outside. And wormwood oil is very dangerous and can cause seizures, especially if you've got a history of them. Bear these things in mind if you wish to work with it and do research to see if it's appropriate for you to do so. Now, there's a lot of debate where the Latin name Artemisia absinthium and its common name of wormwood, where they come from. The Greeks called it absinthion, meaning bitter, giving you a hint to what this plant tastes like. And bitter herbs, they are great for stimulating the digestive system, refreshing the liver and boosting the immune system. The plant is so bitter that a popular saying sprung up around it to describe something as bitter as wormwood. For example, my personality can be as bitter as wormwood, sometimes. I think I've mentioned I'm a Scorpio. (laughs) Now, Artemisia could be from Artemis, the Greek goddess of hunting and of the wilderness, who gave the family of plants to mankind as a gift. But it could also derive from two Persian queens, 
one of which was a botanist. Some suggest that Wormwood comes from the German Wermut, meaning preserver of the mind, from a belief that the plant sharpens the minds of those who use it. However, in larger quantities, the plant can supposedly induce dangerous hallucinations, so perhaps not, while others say the name Wormwood comes from its ability to expel worms from the digestive system, which this plant is very famous for. There's also a lot of confusion about the Artemisia family of plants. There are over 400 members, mugwort and white sage being some of them, and writers don't clearly define between different varieties, making this week's research very fun. Now, Wormwood is ruled by the planet Mars, however you could be mistaken to think of it as a lunar plant. The silvery leaves look otherworldly under a full moon. But with this Mars connection, it protects against and treats damage done by martial-governed creatures, such as wasps, hornets, and scorpions. The plant is also connected to snakes, and supposedly sprouted up after the serpent left the Garden of Eden, and it has also been linked to Hecate. Native to Europe and Asia, it's the main ingredient for the infamous absinthe, the drink that supposedly made Vincent van Gogh mutilate his ear, and it was responsible for creating a wave of panic throughout Europe over its effects on mental well-being and criminality. It also plays a role in the production of vermouth. Absinthe hit the European market when French soldiers fighting in Algeria in 1840 returned with it, a herbal tonic originating in Switzerland from the 1700s. It was given to the soldiers to ward off fevers and insects. The soldiers brought it back to France, and it had quite a hit in Paris, where bohemian artists and writers enjoyed its supposed mind-altering effects, which had a huge impact on their creativity. Absinthe picked up its alternative name of the Green Muse, or the Green Fairy, not only due to the inspiration it triggered, but it also represented the vivid green colour of absinthe from Wormwood's chlorophyll. Now, chlorophyll is the green pigmentation of plants, and it helps them produce food from sunlight. Oscar Wilde described absinthe as, quote, After the first glass, you see things as you wish they were. After the second, you see things as they are not. Finally, you see things as they are, and that is the most horrible thing in the world. It's also around this time that it picked up its darker side. Reports of convulsions, violent erratic behaviour, and mania came about after some had drank absinthe. Switzerland was the first to ban the drink in 1905, after a man killed his family and had no recollection of it. Turned out he'd had two glasses of absinthe prior to killing them as well as other types of alcohol that he had in larger quantities. The police decided to focus on absinthe. Other countries followed in Switzerland's footsteps, but not Spain and the United Kingdom, however. It's interesting to note that in the 1880s, an infection spread through French vineyards, destroying wine production. The working class switched to absinthe and grew quite fond of it. French wine producers were worried about the hold absinthe would take on the market and lobbied for it to be banned. It took nearly 100 years for absinthe to re-emerge, and it's recently made a comeback. Today, absinthe contains a lot less thujone, the chemical that played a huge role in altering people's minds, supposedly, but its murky reputation still remains. Research has shown that it does produce some clarity of thought, which is rare with alcohol, and this is perhaps where the creativity of the bohemian artists came from. It should be noted that although Wormwood became a scapegoat and led to Absinthe's subsequent banning, 
In my research I found out that there were other harmful ingredients. It had an alcohol content of nearly 70%. They also sometimes added copper to it to give a green colour, which in high doses can be neurotoxic. And they also used wormwood oil, a highly potent and concentrated oil. It can cause seizures. There's also some sources that say the drink was brewed in lead baths. There's also debate if it ever contained enough thujone to cause hallucinations. Looking at 19th century bottles and testing the thujone content, you would have died of alcohol poisoning before you overdosed on thujone, and the same is true today. Also, just a side note about thujone, it's a chemical compound that can build up in the liver and this is what makes wormwood so toxic over time. The liver struggles to process it quickly. I did talk about it briefly in the mugwort episode, and it's... The research isn't clear on it. The suggestions that in doses it can produce hallucinations, the suggestions that it doesn't. There's still a lot of debate around it. But I speak about it more in the mugwort episode, because mugwort also contains thujone. It's played a very long role in folk medicine since ancient Greece, where it was added to wine and it was used to combat jaundice, menstrual pains, and it helped with childbirth. The Greeks saw it as a plant of immortality. Now this idea of combining wormwood with alcohol, it's an ancient practice, and is also referenced within ancient Egyptian texts. It was combined with vinegar, and given to Jesus during the crucifixion, and in the 16th century, it was believed to counteract poisons such as hemlock and toadstools. The Crusaders would carry it on them to ward off plague, and they may have been onto something. The smell it gives off does keep fleas away, and animals like chickens and rabbits will make their home either under or around the plant in order to tap into its flea-repelling abilities. When the plague returned to England in the 17th and 18th century, it was burnt in the homes of those infected to fumigate the space. More recently, an anti-malarial compound, artemisinin, was discovered in Wormwood, the discovery came from Dr. Tu Yuyu, after he looked through old texts and over 2,000 ancient herbal remedies. His discovery has saved countless lives around the globe. Wormwood is particularly powerful during a waning moon, and as it's connected to the planet Mars, it's great for protection, and also getting vengeance through sorcery. Wormwood is great for releasing anger. Grab a red pen and write down all your anger and frustrations. Don't hold back. You would then light a charcoal brick and put some wormwood onto it and then you can scrunch your paper up once you're finished writing on it and put that onto the charcoal as well. Or you could do this on a fire. Make sure you ventilate your space, not only because wormwood when burnt can be toxic, but you're releasing your anger, you don't want this lying in a stagnant space. Open your windows and doors. It also wards against the tiredness of life, the stress this generates, and the guilt that people place on themselves. You could also do a smoke cleanse with it, focusing on the corners, while saying, as the smoke leaves my house, troubles, illness and failures also go away. Again, ventilation is key. Mirrors can also be washed in a wormwood tea, as it will release the negativity that they've absorbed over time. It's also said to boost psychic powers, and can be used to purify those who are haunted by powerful and hostile entities. It was often made into wreaths to hang around the home, to wear on the person, or to use in dance rituals. Burn with sandalwood and mugworts to contact the dead and to call up spirits. 
For the same effect, you could also burn one part wormwood with two parts myrrh and one part cypress. Within the Greek magical papyri, a collection of ancient spells, an ink is made from wormwood, which is then used to question the dead. The querent would write down their question on a leaf and then place it in the deceased's mouth. The ink will also keep parasites and insects from eating whatever it's written on, so powerful is its repellent abilities. You can do a banishing spell with absinthe, write down the person's name on some rice paper, and you will be ingesting this, so think about buying some edible ink, and then you would dip this rice paper in some absinthe and then eat it. The idea is, as you digest it and break it down, the person or situation will be removed from your life. You can also put absinthe into a spritz bottle to make a cleansing spray. Within many Slavic cultures, it's quite common to combine wormwood with garlic, and wear it to protect and repel evil entities. Within Russia as well, it's used to protect the wearer from Rusalki, water spirits who lurk in the forest and hunt humans. The Romans used to soak the herb in their wine. The result is that the wine aids in divination, inducing visions and astral projection. The philosopher Apuleius used it to drive away demons and to reflect the evil eye. On the night of St. John's Day, or the day of San Giovanni, June 24th, Wormwood was thrown to the cardinal directions to ward against witches. Wormwood was thrown to the cardinal directions to ward against witches. It's also used in a love charm from an old proverb, and it goes, quote, On St. Luke's Day, take marigold flowers, a sprig of majoram, thyme, and a little wormwood, dry them before a fire, rub them to a powder, and then sift it through a fine piece of lawn, and simmer it over a slow fire, adding a small quantity of virgin honey and vinegar. Anoint yourself with this when you go to bed, saying the following lines, three times, and you will dream of your partner, that is to be. Saint Luke, Saint Luke, be kind to me, in dreams let me my true love see. With a similar idea, placing a twig of wormwood with the name of a loved one attached to it is said to bring that person to us. Though this could be quite manipulative, try writing love on the note and attaching it. It's also been associated with the lover card in the tarot. Placing it under the pillow in a blue bag can give dreams of prophecy, whilst putting the flowers in sachets protects against accidents. During a new moon, you could burn a leaf, collect the ashes and stick them to a coin using honey. This is said to attract money. There's an old belief where rubbing child's hands with wormwood juice before its 12th week of life will ensure it will not be too hot or too cold and will also keep moths out of their hair. I didn't realise this was a problem, but apparently it was. I grow this plant and I work with it a lot and I burn it just before I do tarot readings. I recently learned that it was toxic and I've started to do this with the window open now. However, I get really good reviews and it's part of my routine and I actually wouldn't read the cards without burning wormwood prior to it. And majors, that's it. That's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path and to talk about interesting parts of history relating to spirituality. I also want to connect you with information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me and encourage me in creating more episodes? With your support, I can give the podcast more time and create more quality content.
you can support me through Patreon and gain access to exclusive content and be part of the Mages Well community, as well as being in the communal sugarpot spell. The link is in the episode description. You could also support me by following my Instagram at the Mages Well, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and telling your friends about the show. Please get in touch with anything you wish to share at themajorswell at gmail.com and you may just get featured. A big thank you to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork. Also, thank you to my new Patreon subscribers, Stephanie M and Alex Joy. The poem this week is called Absinthe by Daniel Falstrom. Absinthe, it came, and the glass was filled. For the third time, I believe, if memory serves. For, I thought, here is the cure to be found, and I was ill in body and in mind. The green witch's caress was so soft, that heart, tired of life, forgot its troubles. Absinthe is good, you feel it in the marrow and bone, and it livens more than all the doctor's pills. And now a nymph in the mud of the boulevard, I find myself a friend for the night. By her embrace the image of Dagny shall flee. Like the morning mist flees from the water of the Seine. A kiss, and yet one more. Champagne too, let the wine flow. Hello, we shall drink, until all memories vanish in drunkenness, and we will be blessed like God's girl. That's how I live, and fall more and more, and the rift widens during the night hours, until I for sheer dark cannot see how friendly the far northern star glimmers. Yet often the morning sun finds me, in dumb despair, leaned at my desk. Then I love over again, and worship you, and the story begins, where I thought it ended. Peace out, witches. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.